Hello, and welcome to the Should I Go See It podcast, where every other Friday we take a deeper dive into the one-sentence reviews on shouldigoseeit.com. This week, we'll be discussing Bullet Train and Prey. I'm your host, Bill George. With me, as always, AJ Rebecca and super producer, Craig Stanton. Hi, how are ya? <laughs> Hi, everybody. What's going on, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> Not much, AJ. What's, uh, what's new with you? Uh, just a shell of a human being. But I feel better than Ezra Miller probably feels right now. <laughs> In lockup? <laughs> from from the the gold coasts of Hawaii to the green <laughs> mountains of Vermont, he is just causing trouble, fucking up shit. And the crazy part is, uh, so if you didn't know, Ezra Miller, who plays the Flash, uh, has been arrested. What? 35 times in the last six weeks. I've seen at least six stories about it. Threw a chair at like a karaoke night in the Big Island. Uh, yeah. Yep. Somewhere in New Hampshire was living with a woman and her kids. Oh, and I like, forgot about that yeah. one. Yeah, you're he right. Didn't get, he didn't get... Were there guns in the house or something? She didn't, He didn't get charged with that because she allowed it. There was like kids in cages and guns and everything's fine. And then last night over the weekend, what was it in Vermont? Breaking and entering? Arson, yeah, burglary, burglary, I believe. Which is a rookie move. You don't want to get, you don't want to get arrested on a weekend. <laughs> Why? Because you're, you're, you don't. <laughs> well, you got to spend an extra. You got to spend an extra night in jail. Well, it's not like an equipment rental. Like what? I don't get. What do you mean you have to spend an extra night in jail? Okay, go get arrested on a Friday night. I'll see you Monday. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> okay. So I guess I'm feeling better than Ezra Miller. Uh, Bill, how are you? What's what's new in your world? Uh, I got a new car this week, AJ. That's the biggest news wow. in my life. I got a new car. Yeah. And uh, there's about 40 pictures on the internet already. <laughs> and if you didn't know, that car bill is what? It's a Tesla Model 3. A ruby red Tesla Model 3. Rocket uh, red. And yeah, I'm in love. It's incredible. Highly recommend. 10 out of 10, no notes. I mean, there's got to be a few notes. Well, not yet. Still in the honeymoon period. Okay, so what is your favorite part about the car, and what is your least favorite part about the car? Uh, my favorite thing about the car. Uh, I love the look of it, and I love the look on people's faces when you hit the accelerator, full throttle, no you know, instant torque, no gear shifts, just... Zero to sixty in 4.2 seconds. It's it's a blast. Does it feel like you're on like an like an amusement ride? Like is it that kind of thing? Like it does. Very roller coaster esque uh, pit in your stomach uh, uh, when you just gun it. Love it. So it's a blast to to have people uh, in the passenger seat. Least favorite thing. Burning to death as it locks you on the inside during a mechanical <laughs> fire. Uh, yeah, the the fire department's not knowing how to uh, yeah. solve battery prop, battery uh, fires. Yeah, it's an issue. Um, I don't I don't have a least favorite part yet. I mean, I'm still feeling. I, well, here I guess I would say the adjustment to the sort of one pedal driving Wait, is what. Wait, there's no brake pedal. Weird. There is a brake pedal, but with the regenerative braking, when you lift up on the gas, that acts as your brake. So you very rarely would ever touch the brakes unless it's an emergency. So you're basically just riding one pedal up and down, and when you pull up on the pedal, the force that it starts to break at is definitely stronger than I anticipated. And so like my driving is still a little herky-jerky as I sort of feel out the up and down. But I'm getting much better after a few days. I'm pretty great now. Is that like, isn't everything in there like software settings? Like, can you like just be like, no thanks? Can't you pay? Isn't that a thing with Tesla? Can't you pay more to like 
hurt the internals of your car more. <laughs> like, like go so, into like the to, firmware and change No, no, no. This is like a, it's like a paid tier where you can like zoom around faster, right? Let me explain. So to the breaking point, yes, in the settings, you could turn that off and do coast and make it like a normal car, but then you're not getting the benefit of regenerative braking. So it's kind of pointless. But is this paid thing where you can zoom around faster? Is that something um, that I... So I could pay digitally two thousand dollars and my zero to sixty will go from four point two to three point seven seconds if i find how much money upgrade. how much money <laughs> two thousand dollars oh that's the easiest two grand you could ever Boom, spend done bro it's already dangerously fast i don't need do it you, to go any do faster you order it on the screen in your car yeah exactly there's also the full there's also the full self-driving that would be another twelve thousand dollars if i wanted to add that digitally are these annual subscriptions or one time fees? One, those are one times so two grand an extra two grand and you can go zero to 60 in 3.7 instead of 4.2 yeah i can shave off 0.5 that's a hilarious hilarious thing God. to pay for poor paul walker is just rolling in his grave right now <laughs> the oh, full self driving you could do monthly and it would be two hundred dollars monthly to crash and die because it doesn't work very well jury's still out i guess i don't know Okay, so, all right, so you can do the upgrades. Can you watch movies? Can you, like, watch a movie in your car? Because I know a, a lot of, uh, like, larger SUVs now have HDMI ports in the main nav screen on the front. So when the car is in park, you can, like, hook in your Xbox, or if your kids want to watch a movie, you can do that. Yeah, isn't that fucking wild? Can you watch TV or movies while you're moving? Uh, so... Not while you're moving, and I don't I don't know of any HDMI hookup, but in the tablet that's built into the, the car, when you're in park, you can log into Netflix, YouTube, Twitch, Hulu, Disney Plus. There's a few different <laughs> services. Because the idea being, if you were to stop at a supercharging station and you have to stay in charge, it could be 10, 20, 30 minutes, depending on how much you have to charge. So boom, you got entertainment while you're sitting there waiting for it to charge. So your car becomes a Roku with wheels. You can also play games. You can connect an Xbox controller uh, to play the games on it. There's there's a whole bunch you can do. That's nuts. Okay. Speaking of movies that you didn't watch in a car, what are some things that you watched this week? <laughs> the small amount of time that you spent outside of your car this week. Unless you watch them on your phone sitting in your car ass naked. No. No, no, no. That did not happen. I would never do that. Um, I watched something on Netflix, but not in the car. Uh, it was called uh, The God Committee. Ah, the Drake movie. Drake the rapper? Yeah, is that a Drake? No? That's nothing to do with Drake. Not a thing. Okay. All <laughs> right. This is a medical drama <laughs> with Kelsey Grammer and Julia <laughs> Stiles. Yeah, about how Drake got his legs to work after he uh, was in the wheelchair. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and Degrassi in Toronto. <laughs> I don't know any of the words that you're saying right now. Uh, anyway it's a medical drama about a hospital board that has to determine who's gonna get what uh, organs when they come in so like if a heart comes in they need to decide which patient should get that heart and so this committee has to look at the facts of of the case and the different potential recipients and decide who they value the most and who should get the heart and it's really uh, it's an interesting drama uh, there is some time jumping, which was kind of annoying and unnecessary. And they use color temperature basically to tell you whether you're in the past or future. So like the, the present time is very like blue. And the, anyway, um, the acting is pretty good. It's only like an hour and a half. It's interesting when they have philosophical discussions about who should get the organs. Uh, it's by far the most interesting part of the movie. When they have like the normal type of character drama, it's not quite as interesting. 
Um, this is set in like present day. It's not like some dystopian future or something. This is just no, nah, like, it's present day. It's present day. But like you know, one no, like one of the patients has a rich father who said, "If you give him the heart, I'll donate a, you know a twenty five million dollar grant to the hospital." And so the the discussion becomes: Do we is that like someone just buying their way to give the kid the heart? But also, could the twenty five million end up saving a lot more lives down the road because of the hospital? You know what I mean? Or like there was one of the patients has an attempted suicide in their history, but they've since been cleared by a psychiatrist. But like if they have a suicide attempt in their history, do you think that that makes them less worthy? Is there a, is there a chance to waste? Like there's some really interesting wow. discussions in the movie that are had. Um, so yeah, so I was on my it was in my Netflix queue for quite a while, and finally I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna watch it, and uh, I overall enjoyed it. How's our uh, how's our boy Toss Salad and Scrambled Eggs doing? Kelsey Grimmer, Frasier. You don't know a theme song to Frasier? Oh. Baby, I hear the loser calling, toss salad <laughs> and scrambled eggs. I've never actually seen an episode of Frasier. I'm going to be perfectly honest. You've never seen Frasier? <laughs> no, not. I was a, fr- I was a uh, Seinfeld guy. I was anti-Friends, anti-Frasier, anti-everything. Craig, you've never seen Frasier nope. either? Not a single episode. But I did know the reference Holy you were making. Shit. I didn't. Kelsey Grimmer was okay. I mean, he's got some city miles on him for sure. Um, but he was all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you watch anything, AJ? What have you watched this week? I was up in Maine uh, this past week on vacation, and uh, the way life should be. Oh my God, it's vacation land. It's beautiful, truly. So we're on the lake, but like a hundred yards down from us was a cliff jumping thing where kids would climb the rocks and then jump off the cliff. So I'm watching this, and I was like, I swear to God, there was a documentary that I saw in passing about like an amusement park in the 80s or 70s that basically was just like all out mayhem. And there, it was true. And it wasn't crazy. I watched the documentary Class Action Park uh, on HBO Max. And it is a wild, absolutely wild documentary about this band uh, penny stock broker who takes all of his you know, Scrooge McDuck money and opens basically a death trap in, in New Jersey. Uh, and it's one of the craziest things that I've ever seen in my entire life. There was no oversight by the state, by the town. There was no insurance, uh, company that backed this person. And it basically was like, you enter the park at your own risk. So not only did like arms, necks, spines get just absolutely shattered, but there was actually a couple people who died at the park, Based out of negligence that got basically no money for lawsuits after the these people's family members passed away. Yeah, that was uh, I watched that when that came out on HBO. I know John Hodgman narrated it, and I'm a big Hodgman fan, so he had tweeted that he narrated it. So I sat down and watched it, and yeah, it's it's the first half is absolutely like wild and funny and like insane when you think about the rides and all that stuff. And then it does take a turn, and it gets pretty heavy towards the end. It's very, very sad. Um, but really, fa- fascinating story. And it's funny because at the end, too, when they're like, you know, they get past, they, they focus on, on one family uh, who's their, the son, brother, passed away. And then the way they kind of wrap it up at the end was all of these people from Jersey and the city who used to go there every weekend was basically like, in a world that was built with a ton of constraints for us, right? Like in the in the seventies and eighties, like there was this one place that was like at your own risk. 
there was no kind of rules and that's what these kids really wanted in life was being able to get away from a weekend and do whatever the hell they wanted and knowing in their minds as teens that there was no risk but then they look back at it as adults and they were like holy shit like that was fucked up but all of them were like i would 100 percent not change a thing and i would go back there again and you're like wow that's crazy. Well, that's because the people who died weren't available for interviews. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the thing. So, yeah. Uh, it's a quick one, maybe an hour, 15. Uh, good summer flick. Um, but, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, well, speaking of HBO Max, what's in the news, AJ? Uh, I know we got a big news story that broke this week that we want to talk about. Bill, this week there was unprecedented news out of Hollywood. The president of the newly formed conglomerate, Warner Brothers Discovery, canceled canceled the already filmed Batgirl movie and gave the axe to a bunch of other projects. He emphasized that they will, quote, not release a film before it's ready, and their ambition is to, quote, bring Warners back and produce great, high-quality films. He also shared that he wants DC to be on a 10-year plan similar to what worked at Disney, a.k.a. the MCU. Bill, it seems like we're beating a dead horse, but uh, what the hell is going over going on over at Warner Brothers, Discovery, Craig, Green Mountain, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> uh, it's a clusterfuck is what's going on over there. Uh, the Warner Brothers Discovery merger has become a nightmare. Um, first of all, HBO Max, as we know it, is going to end up being combined with whatever the Discovery streaming app is. And next year, they'll have a new app that does everything called Warner Brothers Discovery, I believe. Uh, and it sounds like most HBO content uh, is is safe from getting canceled. So stuff like Barry, Euphoria, Succession, like the stuff that wins awards, they're obviously going to keep that. But there's a bunch of Cinemax originals that are probably going to get canned. Um, this Batgirl movie got canned, and you know, and we we joked about the Ezra Miller news earlier, but. You know, Ezra Miller's situation keeps getting worse, but the Flash movie is still on track, and allegedly test audiences say that they've seen it, and it's amazing. And the CEO said they've seen the Flash, they've seen Black Adam, and they've seen Shazam 2, and they're very excited about them, and they want you know those to continue. Yep. The, the CEO and the president are two different people, or the CEO... Uh, president, sorry. I meant to say the, the, the president that we were quoting before who took over. So he feels good about those three ones that are in Pipeline, but didn't feel good about Batgirl and axed it. Boys, it's called leadership. Uh, look it up. <laughs> Before we dig a little bit deeper, I, I think it's really important to note all of the the house of brands that falls within Warner Brothers Discovery now because it is vast. So not only do you have HBO and clearly Warner Brothers and Discovery, but uh, HETV, Food Network, TNT, TBS, CNN, uh, TLC, uh, The Cooking Channel, Animal Planet, Adult Swim, Cartoon Network, New Line Cinema, Golf Digest, uh, Motor Trends, Cinemax, True TV, The Sci-Fi Network. These are all, I mean, the the list actually keeps going. Couple of, a couple of AJ favorites in there, too. You got The Golf Channel, The Cooking Channel. Golf Channel, Food, Food Network. Network. I am... Everyone's pissed. I'm fucking hard as a rock right now because the fact that I can go from succession over to fucking Valerie Bertinelli cooking up like a fucking a you know, pasta dish. Yeah, a little brujol. I mean, how how can you be mad at that? I, well, it's gonna be a. It's gonna make the app if they if they can't code a good app, it's gonna be a complete nightmare to navigate. A bl- bloated. It's gonna nightmare. be an issue. 
but DC as as one of those major brands is is in such a weird spot because they do have these movies coming out. Meanwhile, he's saying he wants a 10-year plan. As and he says that as if they didn't have a 10-year plan like they did with Snyder. They just ended up not liking it and stopping halfway through. So this idea of the 10-year plan is like not new to DC. They tried it and it didn't work. So now he starts another one, I guess, with by keeping the movies that are in pipeline except for Batgirl. Uh, it's just it's it's strange. And I know Kevin Smith, who you and I are fans of, made a great point in terms of sort of diversity and reading the room that like canceling the Latina Batgirl movie is just a bad look. Regardless of how good or bad the movie is, like let that representation be seen, put it on HBO Max, do something. Like it's already filmed for Christ's sake. And instead they just can it. Um, it's 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 craziness. It's craziness. And the one the one thing I will give the new president of it credit for is he did say specifically that they're not going to make movies for HBO Max and he doesn't like releasing day and date with HBO Max as far as business strategy and profitability. It's not as good as theatrical release. So he's all in on theatrical release instead, which so am I. But that being said, all these other moves are, are suspect to me. A uh, question about Batgirl. I mean, we talked about Ezra Miller and people are up in arms the fact that they canceled Batgirl and there's just no statement yet on the future of Ezra Miller in, in DC. Is there any inkling or reason why Batgirl that was fully shot now in, I believe, post-production, and not to mention they canceled the movie, they got an email or a phone call while one of the directors was actually getting married that day or that weekend? Uh, yeah. That's right. They were they were in Hawaii or something for their wedding. Yeah. For a wedding. Was there any like? Did they give a reason why they decided to? I know they said if it's not ready or if it's not good, but any other reason beyond that? The only things that I've heard come out are sources close to executives say that it was irredeemable. Was the the line that came out about the, the test screenings? Someone else had said that it looked cheap, like it didn't look like the the quality, so to speak. That that. Than the new president's looking for, uh, and it was allegedly cost cutting, cost cutting measures because the the original budget for it I think was like seventy, and then with COVID costs and delays, it ended up going up to they had already spent ninety million dollars on it, and then if they were in post, they would have had to do all the VFX, which would have been more plus marketing, and so at ninety million, they decided you know what we've already spent too much on it and pulled the plug because they didn't like what they saw. But what's strange is this was supposed to be one of the movies that includes. Michael Keaton as Batman in their like multiversal plan, which could presumably launch the 10 year plan uh, using this multiverse. Uh, so this was one of the Michael Keaton movies. He already came in and shot stuff. They had Brendan Fraser as the villain. He came in like they shot it all. And then they're just like, nope, never mind. No one's gonna see it. Goodbye. And it's just so bizarre. Uh, truly unprecedented for a $90 million movie to just get Put on the shelf, not even to HBO Max, just on the shelf. It's crazy. I know the internet's up in arms. Like I said, I'm 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 pretty excited because it covers a lot of things that I like. But yeah, it seems like it's a clusterfuck over there, and I guess we'll probably have more news in the next few weeks about what's going on. I still don't like the ten-year plan for DC. I know we've talked about this, but Marvel's already beat them to it, done it, and has moved on to their next set of plans. And DC's still playing catch-up. Meanwhile, the two most successful DC movies have been Joker and The Batman, both of which were not part of any plan. They were like standalone new attempts. So I, I don't buy the the 10-year plan being the way to go, but that's me personally. 
In other news, AJ, while filming the Oscar-winning Get Out, Jordan Peele told Daniel Kaluuya, you're my De Niro, referring to the collaboration between Scorsese and De Niro. Uh, That's why they've reunited for Peele's third horror feature, Nope, which we talked about last time. AJ, thinking about their collaboration and that of Scorsese-De Niro, what is your favorite actor-director duo? Uh, There's probably a million that I'm going to miss, but... You talked about Scorsese and De Niro. I think Scorsese and DiCaprio are just as good. Yep. Sure. Um, And I am also a huge fan of the uh, Quentin Tarantino and uh, Uma Thurman dynamic duo. Um, I feel like they have a really weird relationship and somehow, and I feel like it comes out in the films and it's just a good... She she always plays an amazing part in his film. So, top of my head, th- those are those are the two that that kind of came to mind for me. What do you got? Okay, okay. Uh, Tarantino uh, was on my list, but I was thinking Tarantino with DiCaprio and Tarantino with Christoph Waltz. Um, I also thought about Scorsese and DiCaprio. The first one though that came to my mind uh, is my boy Tom Cruise and Chris McQuarrie. Uh, they did the first Jack Reacher. They did the last few Mission Impossibles. McQuarrie didn't direct Maverick, but he had a big hand in it, so I'm going to give some credit there. Uh, and they have some stuff upcoming. Speaking of musicals, they're planning a musical for Tom Cruise to star in, as well as another action movie with franchise potential, uh, and the bringing back of Les Grossman, Tom Cruise's character from Tropic Thunder. So Tom Cruise and Chris McQuarrie got a lot going on, so that that's my personal favorite combo probably. Uh, I also like a lot of Spielberg's combinations. Spielberg and Cruise did two movies. Spielberg and Hanks have done a bunch of movies. Um, so those ones came to mind. Chris Nolan and Tom Hardy. I mean, he really broke Tom Hardy's career open with Inception. And then they did, you know, uh, Dark Knight Rises and Dunkirk as well. Um, so, yeah, those are the few that jumped out at me. Those are a few. Wait, Tom Cruise is going to be in a musical? Like he's going to sing in a musical? I mean, AJ, he already sang in Rock of Ages. I don't know if you recall that uh, film. But, uh, yeah, he can sing. He can dance. He can do it all. Triple threat. Quadruple I got threat. one. Oh, okay. Great. Please. Yeah. Wes Anderson and the usual cast of characters that are in every okay. Wes Anderson movie. Nice. Good pick. Good pick. Bill Murray, Tilda Swinton, Jeff Goldblum, yep. Owen Wilson, the whole gang. All of them. It's always the same cast, pretty much. And they're all fantastic. Love nice. it. It's good, good call. Last thing in the news, Bill, uh, interesting news from Nintendo. Reports indicate that the Japanese game company has acquired a new animation studio, soon to be rebranded as Nintendo Pictures. We know that an animated Mario movie is in the works uh, with Chris Pratt voicing Mario. Bill, what Nintendo property do you think would be the best one to get feature treatment? So I thought a lot about this. There's only one answer, but I'll let you go. Uh, I think th- I think the easiest, c- clear answer is Legend of Zelda. I think the theme music alone you could sell a movie on with that original theme. Okay. I think Metroid would be a big one, Let's but I go. think a bar is that what you're going to yeah. say? Yeah, 100. Yeah, but I feel like they already Metroid itself already borrows so much from Aliens that like I, I don't know. I think we'll a, a Metroid movie see. would be fucking amazing. The character design, sick. the boss design, the levels. like I think that would make a really cool animated film. That would be cool. I bet you could do a good comedy based on Donkey Kong, too. Okay. Uh, if you wanted to. Yeah. I could see that. Uh, 
But yeah, I thought of Legend of Zelda just because it's got the the clear hero, you know, princess rescue the whole nine. Could you imagine imagine this if they did a Super Smash Brothers movie, movie. but that was extremely hyper violent, like Mortal Kombat, <laughs> that they all get invited to this tournament and they just kill each other off with like yeah that it, never in a million years, but oh my god, I would see the hell out of that movie. <laughs> Uh, isn't like what about like Pokemon? Isn't Pokemon a Nintendo thing? Uh, yeah, they own the IP of. They bought them, Nintendo, I believe. Nintendo, yeah. Because yeah. you guys are you guys are obviously leaning towards the classic Nintendo stuff. But like Nintendo is still like I'm just looking it up right now. Pokemon is on the list. Like there's like recent things like Animal Crossing, like the game that Animal was like Crossing. Sort of a, yeah, you you you'd probably get some some M- Metroid on that. What's the one with uh, Fox? Star Fox? Star Fox. That could be a cool movie. That could be a cool movie. I don't know. There's, I, I, truly, if you look at the list, Craig, which you're now, like the the tier one. Yeah, you guys have basically named Yeah, the them. tier one IPs is, is not. Kirby. Cur- well, yeah, Kirby. And then Mario is the overarching which IP. Which and they're doing. Everything right. underneath it, Donkey Kong, Wario, Luigi. Yeah. Something called Splatoon. Yep. Are those those little worm guys? No, that's Pikmin. I think you're thinking of Pikmin. Oh. Um. What else? Splatoon is a is a shooter kind oh, okay. of shooter with paintballs. Star Fox, Super Smash, yep. Yep. Legend of yep. Zelda. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there's That's some options. Basically, there. it. Uh, there's actually some other uh, video game news that goes along with this. One, apparently Namco is making a live action Pac Man movie. I heard that one what? today. Wait, one more time. <laughs> what the fuck? Nam- Namco Bandai is allegedly making a Pac-Man movie. What, are they going to go to Green Bay and get a, a guy dressed up as a giant wheel of fucking cheese? I don't know. He's just gonna, I, he's gonna eat bratwurst and fucking cheese curds? I think they're basing it on the success of Sonic, which, speaking of which, they also announced a Sonic the Hedgehog 3 based on the success of the first two. Why are we doing this? Uh, but the other thing that's interesting is Alicia Vikander is out uh, of the Tomb Raider franchise because the Tomb Raider franchise is out at MGM because they lost the rights to it because they didn't make another Tomb Raider movie fast enough. So they had greenlit a sequel to the 2018 movie with Alicia Vikander, but the window passed for them to actually make the movie because it went into like production hell. And the rights reverted back to the video game company that owns the rights. And now there's apparently a bidding war for the rights to Tomb Raider that like, you know, Netflix, who like all the big names are trying to get the rights to Tomb Raider because it's such a great franchise. And it seems like it was an internal clusterfuck at MGM that messed it up. Well, it's crazy, too, because the reboot of the Tomb Raider movies with... uh, What's her name? Who who was it? Alicia Vikander. Yeah, was a based on the new reboot of the Tomb Raider games games that was starting in like 2014 or 2015. Yeah, and I thought that movie was actually pretty good. It was good. And and it has apparently in digital release and on planes, uh, apparently it has like been more and more washed and like has picked up some steam in terms of following and they missed their window. And so now the rights are reset and everything's reset. Alicia Vikander's out and it's a complete mess. So that was the other video game news to come out this week. Crazy. It's crazy. It's called leadership. <laughs> yeah. Look it up. Yep. All right. Let's uh let's move on to should I go see it? Uh two movies this week, uh Bullet Train and Prey. So Bullet Train, according to IMDB.com, five assassins aboard a fast moving bullet train find out their mission find out their missions have something in common. Bill, should I go see it? Uh yes. I give it a yes, an enthusiastic yes, even. 
I, yes. would, I would say. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was really fun. It was a super fun movie. Um, I absolutely love, love, love the first two acts, especially. Um because it starts with kind of mystery almost, where you have Brad Pitt as your as your lead, uh, and he is on a mission, and then he starts to run into other agents that seem to have separate missions uh, that are related, uh, and they kind of use some flashbacks and some character intros, and they try to put, put the whole story together, so there's a little bit of mystery to it. All the characters are really fun and interesting, and they have interesting backstories. It's really like fast cut um, and stylized. And it was really cool. I really dug it. Um, it goes a little off, pardon the pun, off the rails a little bit in the third act. Like a lot of action movies, it gets a little CG heavy, a little crazy, a little over the top. So it lost me a little bit by the end. Um, but overall, I really had a good time with it. How does it stack up against, I mean, we, you think about the great action movies of the last 10 years, right? You get your Mission Impossibles. You get your John Wicks. You know, like how how is it how is it in that world stack up against those other action movies that we know are great? Well, this was actually directed by the director of John Wick. Um, oh, so it definitely borrows that in terms of the choreography and creativity, given the limited setting. You know, it takes place all on a train, which kind of limits you spatially, but they're still able to make unique fights. Um, you can easily follow the choreography, which is good. Um, but I wouldn't stack it against any of those other movies in terms of the action. This is more of this is more of a Tarantino, Guy Ritchie, like hyper stylized type of yeah. action movie more than it is straight up action movie. Is it funny? The trailers yeah. make it seem like there is like a lot of comedy. Yeah, going on. it's definitely funny. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson in particular, I found his character to be the highlight and he was hilarious. And everybody in the movie knows the movie they're in, so it kind of nails the consistent tone and consistent vision of being like an over-the-top fun action movie with comedy. Um, again, until it gets to the third act, it gets a little heavier, it gets a little more serious. So the third act's a little messy, but again, everything else, uh, really enjoyed. It did run two hours and six minutes long, and you could easily cut it down to 150. If it was one hour and 50 minutes, it would be like S-tier, like no doubt. But even as is, it is one of one of my favorite movies I've seen so far this year. Granted, it's been kind of a weak year. Give me your top three. Give me your top three train based films. <laughs> um, so, like, obviously, you're gonna be uh... <laughs> obviously Snowpiercer is gonna be up there. Um, that's like the big one. Um, okay, sure. So Snowpiercer. Well, I don't know what other train movies are there. Isn't that a TV uh, show with the person with? It Dead is Mark? also it a TV show. Uh, David Diggs. It is a TV show as well. You get mystery on the Orient Express, train movie. Uh, that would be below this for sure. There's a bunch of Hallmark Christmas movies train that have train in the title. Movies. Did you also just Google <laughs> train? No, oh, un- uh, Unstoppable with Chris Pine and Denzel Washington. That's a train movie. Is there a train movie that that your nephew Who's loves? Nephew? My nephew? You're talking me? Yeah, or yeah, your nephew. That you say every time you're up there, that it's on the TV. That's the one. Unstoppable. Oh, that's unstoppable. With Chris Pine and John Travolta, yeah. Or not John Travolta. Denzel. I know why you said John Travolta. Now it's in my head. Denzel well, Washington. Which is, which is the one where John Travolta plays like the 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 Taking of Pelham One Two Three? Taking of Pelham One Two Three. Oh, I just scrolled to that like right as you were saying that. I got a couple more for you. What do we got? Fucking Train to Busan. Hello. Oh. Train to Busan's good. Okay. Sounds good. Uh little West Anderson for you. Darjeeling Limited. Not one of the S-tier Anderson films, yeah. Maybe my least favorite 
uh, Anderson movie. Yeah, I guess that's it. I was gonna say the runaway, uh, the 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 Pelham one two three one. Girl on the train. Girl on the girl on the train. Oh, okay. Book was fantastic. Movie was awful. Flex. They're not on the train that long though in that movie. The Polar Express. Hello. Oh, one of Hannah's favorite movies. I fucking hate that fucking movie. I've never actually seen it. It's awful. All right, good good train talk. Let's move to the next yeah. movie. <laughs> this has been Train Talk. <laughs> All aboard. Uh, the second movie that we will be reviewing this week, uh, we both watched, uh, which rarely ever happens, uh, <laughs> Prey. So according to IMDb.com, this is the origin story of the Predator in the world of the Comanche Nation 300 years ago. Naru, a skilled female warrior, fights to protect her tribe against one of the first highly evolved predators to land on Earth. Bill, fuck yeah. <laughs> Should I go see it? Uh, fuck yeah. yeah. Yes, I echo, I echo your fuck yeah. Uh, this movie was friggin' incredible. Um the the only downside is that I had to watch it at home and not in a theater. Um, yeah, so it is a is a Hulu. It is a and by home you mean your car. <laughs> <laughs> it is a original film for and only Hulu as of On right Hulu. now, and it is already their best debut ever in terms of original content, yep. film or TV. The movie's incredible. I mean, it's it's got beautiful sweeping vistas. It's got an amazing soundtrack. The story is like bare bones, just straightforward narrative. Um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Hour 40, moves like a freight train. You mm-hmm. have more... Say, hey, save it for train talk, will you? <laughs> you have more character development uh, in, hour, in an hour and 40 than most... Be- better than most movies that are 2.30, right? It just yeah. works. And a couple things to call out, right? Mm-hmm. So this isn't like an origin story of... The, the predator this is a snapshot in time of vignette if you will of of what happens when a predator came to a land 300 years ago and right. had to fight people with primitive weapons and uh survival instincts which right and stick right then and there it's like let's fucking go the <laughs> yeah. second thing is the entire cast of naru's tribe are actually a comanche indigenous people yeah which is in fucking sane and and the only thing that uh, pro that i wish they did differently was there are the 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 movie has goes back and forth between comanche and english right Mm -hmm. but when they meet like fur trappers like the french fur trappers the french fur trappers only speak french right i would have loved it where it's like Give me the talking Comanche and then just give me the English overdubs over that rather than going back and forth to like, I, I just seemed like it, it just seemed like it was a weird way to do it. Uh, you mean sub, when you say overdubs, you mean subtitles? Yeah, I mean subtitles. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 I, I think that would have been a, a better way to do it and, and be a little bit more immersive. When they keep going back and forth, it, it really kind of takes you out of it sometimes when I, I would rather, you know, be in this place 300 years ago. I would, I mean, this would be extreme, but I would almost argue that because of the how stripped down the narrative is. Don't even how, give me the English. How, don't even give, don't even give subtitles. Yeah. Like the characters are so expressive and the filmmaking is so good. Like uh, Dan Trachtenberg directs the hell out of this movie. Like you could follow her story arc, even if it was in Comanche the entire time. Like you can still get the the feeling of the the scenes and what's being 
relayed. So that would have been probably a step beyond, but I would have dug that too. Um, Because it reminded me a lot of Apocalypto. Yeah, we talked about that. If you've seen that action movie um, or that thriller, uh, which also has to do with indigenous peoples. In that case, it was the Mayans um, that also used sort of the native language and all those things. So very similar if you've seen that movie um, in terms of tone. A few things, just like most of the other Predator movies, the first act is it it's truly like a what's the word I'm looking for? Like a crescendo, right? Like it, it starts slow and then once the action picks up, I mean it's it's yeah, it doesn't let up. It's yeah. gas. It doesn't let up. It's hyper violent. Uh it is at sometimes over the top. The choreography and the fight scenes that happened, not only between the Predator and the indigenous people, but the indigenous people with the you'll you find out that there's I mean, there's fur trappers and French people in the area. You know, they have battle scenes as well. It, it's just so well done. And it's, I told the first thing I texted you when it was over was that sucks that I didn't get to watch that in a movie theater on a big screen. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, the other thing that, that I really loved, uh, and you mentioned it was, was the character arc. We have the, the female protagonist in it who's incredible. She carries the movie. She's in every frame and she is amazing. And Dan Trachtenberg, who directed this, also directed 10 Cloverfield Lane. And there are some very um, obvious parallels in those two movies in terms of how good he is at at setting up and delivering on just a straightforward, beautiful character arc um, without any unnecessary subplots or nonsense or, or pivots. Like, it is just super... Uh, well done uh, and just very straightforward. And I just think he does a really nice job with that. Uh, if I were to rank this in the Predator movies, obviously, clearly, Predator, right, is number one. Yeah, I mean, you can't mess with the original. Uh, yeah. Prey instantly becomes two. And then I, I easily, a lot of people like Predator 2 over Predators, uh, but I actually preferred Predators over Predator 2, which is the Adrian Brody movie where they all wake up on the predator planet and have to basically fight for survival against each other. And yeah, this, this movie prompted me to go back and rewatch too. Um, and yeah, it's not that good. So I would agree. <laughs> um, predators would be above it. And then I, so I was looking through the predator catalog and I remembered, Oh right. There's also a movie called the predator that, Sh- um, Shane black wrote and directed a oh, few years ago. Yeah. And I remembered how terrible that movie was as well. So I would uh, definitely say, Original Predator and then Prey. You also had Rec- AVP Requiem, and then you also had oh, Alien God. versus yeah. Predator, which is two of the worst movies. It's such a nightmare because the Alien versus Predator IP, in terms of books, comic books, video games, is so good and would make for such incredible cinema if they did it right. And they did it wrong twice, and now I think they're gun shy. And like, even this, like Prey comes along and revitalizes Predator because it was basically a dead franchise. So now I'm wondering, can we finally get a good AVP movie? I would absolutely love that. Yeah, me too. I totally forgot about The Predator. Yeah, I had forgotten about it too. It popped up and said The Predator. I'm like, what fucking movie is this? And it said, directed by Shane Black. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. Yep, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, it was bad. Okay. Um... Let's move on to our last segment, Netflix and Bill. What are you watching right now? I started watching, going back to DC and HBO Max, um, I started watching that animated Harley Quinn show. Okay. And it's pretty good. It's pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. Really? It is a half-hour comedy 
with Harley Quinn as the lead, um, voiced by Kelly uh, Cuoco. I always I never know how to pronounce her last name. Um, okay, but she's she does a, a good Harley Quinn, um, and it's her and like the ragtag team of classic Batman villains. You have Poison Ivy, you have uh, Clayface, uh, you have a couple others, and the the key thing about it, or the thing that differentiates it from something like you know Batman the Animated Series or something is they curse and it's violent and it's like fully made for adults. And really? So, you know, having Harley Quinn say fuck a lot uh, is, I mean, at first it seems like a gimmick, but then you're watching, you're like, this is actually pretty funny. Um, so there's literally been like, like that's how she would. Yeah. Talk. Yeah. Uh, there's honestly been a couple, like usually one or two laugh out loud moments each episode and then a bunch of chuckles. Um, so I'm on like episode five or six. I'm just something to watch um, between other things, and I'm actually really enjoying it. Um, I had heard a lot of great reviews, and I finally got around to it. Love it, AJ. You got anything on your docket, dude? Uh, I no, I got not. I got nothing queued up as of right now. Really, to be completely honest with you. Wow, the yeah, queue is clear. Get back from vacation. Get back into work mode. I'm. I'm. I'm kind of. I'm kind of like if if something pops up, I'll watch it. But I have nothing truly queued up. But after hearing about the the Harley Quinn show and the premise, I might I might watch a few episodes. I think if you, if you try the first one, you know, twenty something minutes, you can see if you're into it. Um, uh, you have the Joker in there, obviously. Batman makes an appearance here and there. Um, it's it's funny. It's it's funny to see how they use some of these characters, especially growing up with Batman the animated series, and just seeing like a a, a comic version of of some of these characters that were treated so seriously in the animated series. Uh, cause that was that tone. And then this is, it has its own tone and it's, it's fun. Anything on the horizon next, next few weeks you'll be watching. Uh, so Rick and Morty is a show we've talked about, uh, here and there, uh, season six did get a premiere date. So that will be coming back in September. So around the corner. Love it. I have tickets to see, uh, bodies, 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 which I still don't which really know what that? it is. Pete, Pete Davidson like slasher comedy movie something like that. No, that's that's baddies baddies baddies. It's a <laughs> pornographic film. Uh, I uh, believe this is a satirical horror comedy of some kind. I don't know. I, I was looking okay. at what's up, what's what's coming to a theater near me, and I just bought a ticket. And I also bought a ticket to see Beast, which is the Idris Elba versus a lion uh, movie that looks like a paycheck. Looks like a good paycheck for him. What? So we'll see how that goes. All right. It's like Jaws, but it's a lion, and they're out in, you know, they're they're on the safari, and Jaws on land. Didn't, he gets they, trapped. didn't they do that movie in the nineties with um, Val Kilmer and Michael Douglas? What was that called? Go Ghost something Ghost. That film was called The Ghost and the Darkness. The Ghost and the Darkness. The Ghost oh. and the Darkness. Yes. I was so close. I had Ghost. I had Ghost in there. I was so close. Yeah, then those are the names of the lions. One was called the ghost and one was called the darkness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did they introduce themselves in the film? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Ghost. Let me introduce my counterpart, the darkness. You know, speaking of Val Kilmer in the year 1995 or 1996, remember that other weird fucking movie he was in, The Island of Doctor? Oh, yeah. Moreau? Yep, I do. With Marlon Brando? That was a, it's a remake of, a, of an old black and white classic. Probably based yeah. on a, probably based on a book that I'm <laughs> I haven't read, but probably, uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm about to see Beast, so we'll see how that goes. Love it. Uh, I have no more train talk, so take us away. 
Thank you for listening to the Should I Go See It podcast. Please make sure to follow on Instagram at Should I Go See It. 